seated. Well, it's wonderful to see you all. I'm Caleb. I am one of our ruling elders here. Um, and I am very excited to be with you. I don't normally do this, so I give full freedom and liberty for Josh when he is back to correct all theological blunders that come out of my mouth so that we, we don't veer into heresy, and I do that freely. So, but I'm excited today. Today, we're gonna be thinking about some really neat things. We're gonna be thinking about Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount. And as we go through and we're thinking about it, we're gonna do that really, really, hopefully, somewhat quickly, because we're all here. So with Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, the first three sections, we have the Beatitudes, which are those blessed things. And then we have salt, be the salt, and then we have light. And what always happened when I was growing up is I had the notion that these were all separate things. And even within the Beatitudes, that each Beatitude was something separate and you chose your favorite Beatitude and that's the one you clung to and that's the one you thought about. Um, and then salt and light were like, be salty. And light was similar, like be shiny. And so hopefully today we can think about that a little more and give a little more context to what's going on. And hopefully that enriches your spirit and refreshes you just a little bit as well. And so all of this has to do with the words of Christ. And the words of Christ are really, really neat and powerful, um, but they're, they're sometimes hard to understand. So there's like some words that are really easy to understand. Like if, if I say, hey, go eat that ice cream, it's easy to understand and it's delightful. But if I were to say like, hey, you're doing great, I'm going to discipline you so that you do even better, that's a challenging thing to understand. Right? So the words of Christ always have this mixed, there's a lot of times this mixed uh, amount of emotion and feelings that go into it. And the Beatitudes, I feel like, are similar, where there's something that is wonderful and rich that is present, and yet somehow sometimes difficult to grasp a little bit larger picture of, and that's what we'll try to do. So he starts out, Christ, he's there, and he's, um, it goes... Um, seeing the crowds, he went up onto the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful for they shall be shown merciful, mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely. Rejoice and be glad, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can it be made salty again? It is not good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a lamp and put it under a bowl, but on a stand so that it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven." And so we, like, we can read that or hear it, and it's, it's really neat and powerful, and we sense something is really cool that's there, and we get a couple little pieces. Be salty. Be light. There's blessings for these things that seem maybe counterintuitive. Um, 
And then we can get maybe distracted. Like I teach chemistry, that's like my, my day job. And so you might go like, okay, salt, what salt are we talking about? Like we always talk about table salt. There's a lot of other salts, could just be like a cation, an anion. Some of them are deadly, some of them are great. Um, but I, there's like specific context that Christ is talking about here. And is as we get that, it can really refresh us in a wonderful, wonderful way. Same with being light. Uh, like what does it mean to be shiny? What, is, what are the good works that Christ is talking about? So if we go back to the Sermon on the Blesseds, right there at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, if we can start to think about everything that comes after the Beatitudes, the salt, and the light as being things that are going to allow us to move through the Beatitudes, to move through the Blesseds, that will allow us to be salt. What does it mean to be salt? Well, let me tell you what it means to love your wife. Let me tell you what it means to love your family. Let me tell you what it means to not take O's and all these things in your prayer and your spiritual life, your public life. Let me tell you what it means to be salt, okay? Let me tell you what it means to be light and the type of good works I'm talking about and all of these things. And each time Christ hits you with one of these, like in chapter five, you have heard that it was said that we'll get to later, like a month. Um, you're like, I don't, that is not me. Like, don't even be angry. Don't even, don't even insult your brother. You'll be liable to the hell of fire. All of these things are so powerful. They immediately will move us back to the Beatitudes and make us work through the blesseds. They will show us how to be salty in a positive way, not in the current context. Um, they will show us how, what it means to be salt and what it means to be light. So if we start from the very beginning of those blesseds, Blessed are the poor in spirit. And the, the poor in spirit, those are the people who, like, those are us, I think, if you're here, hopefully. Those are, we are the people who have seen that God has, our cup, our spiritual cup does not runneth over. Our cup is dry. We are in the valley of the dry bones, and we have said our hope is dried up, our, our, our strength is dried up, our hope is shattered, that there's nothing left for us and there's nowhere to turn. It's that element of being in the valley of despair and going, I am empty and I'm at a loss, and there's nowhere for me to go because I've tried a lot of other things. You know, maybe you're, you've tried a lot of the things that bring pleasure. You've tried the U.S.'s game of pursuit of happiness a lot. Um, you've just done all of these things, but you have found yourself lacking. But Christ says, blessed are the poor in spirit. And maybe, you know, our hearts, you've maybe heard it said, our hearts are like a constant idol factory. So you filled yourself with just the wrong junk. Right? For me, I think about my life, I filled my life with wanting to be really successful and wanting to be, which I don't know if I ever super was, and wanting to be good at sports. But we fill our cup with the wrong stuff and eventually the realization of God comes to us and goes, all of those things are going to leave you lacking and they have left you in this place of deficit and lack that you currently sit. So blessed are the poor in spirit, those of you whose cups are empty. And then, blessed are those who mourn. Because what happens is soon as we realize that our cup is empty, that we're in the valley of dry bones, and that our hope is dried up, we immediately move into a place of mourning that says, I have nowhere to go but you, right? We're like, it's like Isaiah. You think about him in that context of Isaiah 6, that he's sitting before the throne room of God, and he says, woe to me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and so are my people. That we, that's the realization that we are. We're in this place of mourning and realization of where we stand before a holy God and it's not good. We're, we're at a loss. 
But Christ, we remember, these are the blessings. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, because once we're in this place of mourning over our sinful state, it will naturally humble us. It will naturally move us into a place of soft heart, naturally move us out of our natural state of arrogance and self-defense um, and conceits and only looking inward instead of outward at how God is seeing our lives. But we will have the meekness that is a natural result of being poor in spirit, right? Of having a cup that's empty, being in mourning, that will put us in a humble place as we recognize who God is in relation to who we are. And then, do we want to stay there? I don't, right? When you are in despair and you are in mourning, what you want is to be healed, right? Sometimes like there's this natural tendency for, I think a lot of us, for what I'm seeing, to want to stay in that place of sadness, but also for someone to go down into the darkness and pull us out of that. And that's what Christ has done. And then we know that we want to, hung, we want to be better. And so blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because once we have been broken by God, we know that there is more there because Christ implants that within us, this, not, like this internal feeling that there is more to be grasped. And so blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because they will be filled. And then once we have received this mercy of God to be called out and recognize like my cup was full of the wrong stuff, I dump it out, I'm empty, I'm in this place of mourning, um, I'm now meek, I've hungered and thirst for righteousness, I've been filled, my cup is now full, my cup runneth over. What are we called to do? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. It's not that we show mercy first, it's that we have been grabbed and rescued by God and his mercy has been shown to us and to not extend that mercy, to remain in a place of judgment is, is totally counter to what God has just done for us. And so blessed are the merciful who pass on, who continue to show mercy as God has shown mercy to them for they will receive mercy. Or you could almost think about they will continue to receive mercy. And what happens next? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, right? Having been put in a right place before God, there, like we may have some of those wonderful little times, you know, in those times of prayer and in the word where you see God. But I think what largely starts to happen is Christ tells those parables about like, when I see you before my father and I say, well done, my good and faithful servant, it's not necessarily gonna be just because you had great quiet times. It's gonna be because you clothed the naked, you gave water to the thirsty. You visited that righteous man who was in prison. You took care of the orphan. You took care of the widow. You cared about those who were around you. And in so doing, you were caring for me, for my face, because that is what seeing the face of Christ in this world can largely look like, is loving the people who Christ intentionally came down to love and save, doing that same mission. So blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And that's something that is happening right now is being able to serve and love and see the face of Christ in this life, in those we are loving and serving because of what God has done and how he has changed us. And then blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. 
So after having seen the face of God and then changed, you think about like Isaiah, we don't have the coal put on our lips and our sins washed away so that we can just hang out in the closet and have wonderful quiet times. We, we are there so that we can become peacemakers. So he says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. And not just the notion of peace that would be so wonderful to just say, hey, let's put our guns away. Let's put our, our uh, weapons away. Um, we wanna be the ones like this, uh, I think Isaiah, beginning of Isaiah and all the boots used for stomping and all the garments rolled in blood will be used as fuel for the fire. Right? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's not us who is doing the peacemaking, it is God, right? We are those who are like Job, who are calling, and we're like, if only there were someone to arbitrate between us, between us and God, someone to lay his hand upon us both, someone to remove God's rod from me so that his terror would frighten me no more, but as it now stands with me, I cannot. We're not the person who is laying our hand on God and on those who are hurting. We're like, we're the bard. We're learning to sing the song of Christ in this life so that we can share with those and say, look at what Christ has done. Look how he lays his hand on you and on God in this moment to bring healing and peace between you and almighty God. And that is the level of peacemaker. And of course that is going to be wonderfully accepted by the world around us. Wrong, it is not. Because no servant is greater than his master. No servant is greater than his master. Christ came for that purpose, healing, saving, loving, uh, redeeming us. And what did we do? We gave him a party farewell thank you by nailing him to a cross and killing him, right? Which he powerfully was raised from the dead. But that was the result of bringing peace to the hurting world. And so blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God, which naturally will lead us to what is going to happen. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We've gone full circle because blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We've gone full circle now that as we've moved through this, been healed, been restored, gone through mourning, been filled, seen the face of God, been going out into the world being peacemakers, that now as we do that, this is what is going to come, Christ is saying to his disciples sitting right there. This is the result of those actions in your restored life. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. As we bring peace of Christ to the world, this is the result persecution. And just in case, because it's like really hard to understand. And I think I sympathize with the disciples a lot. And maybe you do too, where we just don't get it. And the disciples rarely just got it. Um, Christ makes it really clear. Blessed are you. Blessed are you, Kevin. Blessed are you, Tim. Blessed are you, Joel. Blessed are you, Nate. Blessed are you, Brad. Blessed are you, Joy. <laughs> Joy, Troy, Brad, Chris, Ethan, Jacob, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And so as we are going through all that in doing these things, what are we becoming 
we're becoming salt and light, right? We're becoming salt and light. So the, those next sections start to take on whole new meanings as we think about what it means to be salt and light. And as we go through later on in chapter five of what it means when Christ says, you have heard that it was said, that those things break our spirit as we realize the level of brokenness we're actually at when we think we're good and then Christ goes actually you're not they take us through the beatitudes once again they take us through I am actually poor in spirit I thought I was full but I'm still not they take us through mourning that whole sequence and prepare us to be even more salt for this world they prepare us to be an even greater light whose works are more refined and sanctified by what God has done in our lives. And so it's a, just a wonderful progression. So my hope for you is that as you read Matthew chapter five, um, you can have this rolling around in your mind and be thinking about um, the, the good works that God has prepared for you and what that means. So let's go ahead and pray, and we'll, we'll close up here. I think we got a song maybe that, that we'll do. Uh, so Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for Christ and the beauty of his message, the beauty of his life, and showing us what it means, even when everything else seems a little bit fuzzy and unclear. So we just, we love you, and we praise you, and we just pray that you would call us more to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen.